I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Went to Carvel to get a milkshake. This honey ripped me off all my loot cakes. The call, yeah, there's money in my jacket. Somebody broke into my ride and cold macked it. Your tip, I'll tell you, man, the devil's trying it. But I'm going to stay strong because I ain't buying it. Tonight I'm taking Sherry out. I don't have jack to wear. You know I got to stay dipped in the fresh gear. Cool, I found something, so I ironed it. I think I caught up on the phone. Oh, shit, I'm frying it. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. That's right. It's uh, Monday night. Um, So, you know, it's good. Yes, it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in there to get in the way. Mm-mm. Just us kicking it. Um, wasn't a ton of not, not, not a ton of news today, but still, as always, shit happened. So we have shit oh, to talk about. Of course, it always happens. Mm-hmm. So um, let's uh get right into it, man. The Blackouttips dot com is where you can find the website. iTunes, just search the Blackout Tips. Leave us a five star review on iTunes and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. We Love when people do that, and uh, it's awesome, um, and uh, it makes us feel good. It makes everybody else feel good about it, so I think you guys should do it and help the show out. It doesn't cost you anything but Mm-mm. a couple minutes of your time. That's it. And, uh, you know, that I think that's I think that's a fair trade. We give a lot of time to you. You give a little bit of time to us. Leave us five stars. It'll make you feel better, and you'll definitely feel like you put in on this, so... Uh, make sure you guys do that. Um, you can also go to our sponsor, tweakedaudio.com, uh, tweakedaudio.com, uh, where you can get 33% off of nice in your ear earbuds. They just feel so nice. They got different little sizes. You can switch the earbuds to, you can work out in them. You can, uh, you know, listen to your podcast at your desk in them. The best thing other than just the discount is that they also, come with free shipping mm-hmm. so you're just paying for the price it's like you might as well went to the store except you saved a lot of money and you got some high quality headphones then to top it all off they'll even come with a lifetime guarantee so that's something you can't get at a store if you break something at walmart you gotta wait 90 if it's more than 90 days you gotta go buy a new pair yes you do but with a lifetime guarantee it doesn't matter how many days it is are you still alive well get your damn new headphones <laughs> that's the truth so go to tweakedaudio.com in order to get all these great, sweet deals. You just put in code TBGWT when you go check out. They'll hook you up. Um, and uh, we appreciate everybody that takes the time out to do that. The official weapon of the show is... The Taser. An unofficial sport. Is Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. All right. Let's get into the different things that were going on today. Um, Man, I, I watched this documentary this morning. Mm-hmm. It's called Private Violence. It was on uh, HBO. Okay. Um, and uh, it was a pretty intense um, watch. You know, uh, it's about domestic violence. And they basically follow the case of this one woman specifically who had a horrendous experience. She was taken across, um, for, like, from North Carolina. It, ha- it takes place in North Carolina mostly. Mm-hmm. But her her specific case uh her boyfriend took her uh, across the country from North Carolina to uh, California and beat her all the way along the way in his uh, big red truck. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. For four days, he beat her. Oh. Mm-hmm. Four days straight. And, uh, 
it was just a really sad and sick look at you know domestic violence and you know it was it was a lot of it was told from the perspective well not perspectives but it followed the people who were trying to help her in her case Mm -hmm. and one of the things that's amazing about domestic violence that you just don't hear enough about is how hard it is to get someone locked up for it like yeah yeah. You know, a lot of this stuff gets treated as a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. If you hit them back even to defend yourself, then it's kind of treated more like, oh, you guys got into a fight. Even if, you know, this guy could beat you for four days and at some point you swing back on them to protect yourself or, you know, your kids and stuff like that. Um, then it's all of a sudden it's, oh, nope, you, this is a fight. How you gonna prove, how you gonna prove, uh, this wasn't? Yeah. And a lot, my personal opinion, a lot of that, comes from uh just women as subpar uh, or second class and just the systematic way that women especially years ago and to today to some people are property like you you're not really a human being you're less than um so what rights do you have to go against quote unquote the man you know a lot of these uh, rules and regulations when it comes to this were were put in place by men, honestly, not by women. A lot of women were not cons- consulted, weren't brought to the table when we made these rules and regulations about domestic violence. So a lot of these uh, rules are are not too victim friendly. Like, over the years, it has gotten better, mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely not where it should be. Yeah, I mean, and then it's just so hard with some of the people because. You know, the mental anguish that you go through mm-hmm. and the the conditioning that the women have like have to take on to survive. A lot of times they have misplaced loyalty. You have women that feel like they betrayed their abuser when they turn them in. Uh things of this nature. Yeah, that's why in some states they go, We don't care about you changing your mind legally, we're still gonna press charges. Like they had to literally make rules about that because it happens so often this that you know they're they're going to get you because he beat you to death. They was like, We can't have this. We 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 have to say we have to be on the side of the victims. So they had mm-hmm. to make the laws to say if this comes up, we're pressing charges. I don't want you to. We don't care what you want. We're pressing charges because. Yeah, but even then, it's still very difficult because. Yes, it is. Pressing charges is only one part. It's uh, true. A lot of times the victim can still drop charges in a lot of states. Um, yes, they can. A lot of times also, um, even after the person goes to jail and they get out, the person can go back to them. You true, know, the too. Person, you know, it's a it's a very odd type of behavior to even be able to understand the manipulation, mm-hmm. the emotional like issues there, how it works on someone. Like it's hard to be able to relate to it if you're not someone who's been who's gone through it. And That's as an true. adult that hasn't gone through it, it's really hard to understand because you know, for I think us. A lot of people, you just had this idea like, well, you ain't got to do hit me but once. I'm leaving, blah, blah, blah. But many of these women, they catch them like early, catch them young, have a kid with them. Or maybe they already have a kid. They have their values feeling low. Maybe they've grown up seeing it in their family, so their family doesn't even think about it. A lot of times the family and friends help the domestic violence abuser find the person. Correct. And stay with them. And they, and they convince the 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 victim to stay and all this shit it's like very deep psychological stuff 
and it's like a cycle that has to be broken and it can't always be broken uh the 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 work the woman who was like working the cases in north carolina she brought with her a stack of paper that had to be about i don't know six to ten inches high of just papers that were uh restraining order cases in north carolina and there were 45 and those weren't every restraining order case it was every case last year where a woman filed a restraining order and then was killed by that man she filed a restraining order after oh and and many times many times the the restraining order pretty much described the way they were going to die because it was like he said he was going to do this this and this and this is why i need a restraining order and the person just like you know they just go kill him yeah, and a lot of times they go, fuck your restraining order. That's, and, and that's the part people don't understand. People that, quote-unquote, abide by the law, mm-hmm. they go, well, just get a restraining order. The person is, that, that that is actually uh the abuser, don't give a fuck about no goddamn piece of paper, and the police is not going to be around you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right, you know, um, so, you know, I was watching it, and, like, this one woman, I mean, like, her child was with them when they went on this quote unquote family trip, uh, which was crazy to hear because that was his, the defense attorney, you know, they have to come up with a defense for the guy. And in his case, it was, it was a family trip she wanted to go on and nothing was wrong. Everything was fine. Meanwhile, they had pictures of her from the hospital. You know, she was, he was peeing on her in their oh. car. He was beating her in front of her kid. Um, he, at one point he wouldn't feed her daughter unless, um, she admitted that she was cheating on him. It's like, he just suddenly snapped one time. Like they were dating for a few months. Everything was fine. And then suddenly he just started snapping, talking about, I know you cheating on me. Uh, who you been having sex with before me? Um, are you sleeping with your friends? Um, shit like that. Where you're just like, this is an amazing level of just psychological control and an amazing level of just you know um like fear that you would have to have yeah and and also uh what i've learned too is that um when it comes to domestic violence and i've talked to older family members and and people that have been through this and a lot of people who have never actually been abused or been around people that have been abused and things like that they really don't understand and it's hard to comprehend but for a lot of them they say this shit don't happen overnight a lot of times it takes months and weeks and sometimes years before the first attack happens you know it's like you get to a point where you're totally dependent on this person one part one the woman might have uh, high self-esteem and and everything's going for her and then you know you see her later on and you're like well, what the fuck happened because it's a it's a manipulation behind it it's control behind it it's um wanting to dictate everything that happens in her life cutting off from her family cutting her off from her friends or anybody that would tell her to leave and a lot of times people act like it's easy to leave but if you're a woman with a child and you leave what happened you money you know you know where do you go people that you run to a lot of times call them and tell them to come and get your ass mm-hmm. you know so it, it it gets to the point and we don't have a lot of 
we put it like this. Our structure is better than some places. They do have organizations. They actually have. Uh, uh, I heard um, of an organization. I forgot the name of it through NPR, where they were saying that uh, when women come to them, they like put them up in hotel rooms, change the names, and like rotate them around mm-hmm. so that they can't be found by their abusers and things like that. And so it's just one of those things where. Everybody goes leave, but nobody really wants to help her when she leaves. That's the problem. And then when she leaves, she's shamed. She's she's put out in the street. She's you know uh, you you why you stay so long? What's wrong with you? You're stupid. You're retar- all these other factors that make victims hide in the shadows. You know mm. society uh, treats this like it's uh, abnormal, but the truth be told, it is a lot of men and women. And regardless of your sexuality and the color of your skin, that have been abused and have been raised up. And a lot of people are conditioned, especially if you are raised up in a family where this is what goes on. And, you know, especially when little boys, it is a lot of times they think that this is the behavior and this is how you should treat women. And it's and, and, and to me, it's just a like you say, it's a sad cycle that has to be broken. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So, like, uh, it was like. <laughs> Um, it was like, you know, a bunch of different cases, really about three or four, but the main case, you know, they were trying to prove that cause he also choked her till she passed out. And then she like, Shit. she used to have seizures when she was a kid, but since, um, he choked her and she woke up, like when she woke up, she, or, or when she was in the backseat, she had three seizures that night. Then like she slept for the first time in like three or four days. Um, police stopped them. Uh, cause they had got a, basically got a call that someone was illegally using that, that big rig. They weren't even supposed to be in it. Okay. Um, and the police finally pulled her, like, in front of him, she was like, no, everything's fine. Then they pulled her to the side and she was like, yeah, he beat me and all this stuff. You know, they just needed to get her and the kid away, um, so she could feel safe. And then, like, um, it was crazy cause, like, they were just gonna charge him more than likely with misdemeanor, like, assault and all this stuff not attempted murder because like wow. when he choked he choked her till she not passed out kidnapping. and then like she woke up and he was like yeah i almost got you that time didn't i you know <gasps> and um she like so he was like at some point and and a lot of times uh, women don't even get like killed until they leave so like right at some point like she was going to uh you know, possibly die, possibly in front of her kid. You know, um, she had 23 seizures since then, and she said her daughter seen every one of them. Um, so, like, they had to try to find an expert to look at her pictures and prove that the strangulation was like felony level because right. kidnapping her and driving her across four state lines was not going to be enough, which is. Is crazy that to should me. be a federal law. You cross state it are, I mean, that seems like that is, you know, right. and I just couldn't believe that they were like, yeah, that's a misdemeanor, but that's not really enough to put them away. You know, um, she had another uh, ex-girlfriend of the guy who also was beaten and they were like, they wouldn't found her. And she was like, yeah, I'll also press charges and testify against them. Well, she dropped her, her case and they were like, you know, they, they don't know why she dropped her case, her charges like right before but they were worried that maybe somebody in the family had gotten to her turns out turns out his cousin got five years because his cousin had actually threatened her and uh, like he got yeah so like you know it's just a crazy psychological thing and 
you know i was just kind of tweeting about it i wasn't even saying anything about men versus women or anything Mm -hmm. but this insecure ass bitch nigga uh the deaf jeff hit me up and was like are we going to talk about the manipulative parts of a woman's psyche used to counteract men's physical strength or nah what the fuck right so i'm like or nah dumbass (laughs) you know what i mean like like what like why does it always have to be two sides with everybody everything you know i said what are you even trying to get at here have you ever seen this documentary if not shut the fuck up he said nah just in general a lot of man hating going on even if rightly fully so just want to strike a balance this is what's weird to me why do people always want to strike a balance with what the fuck i gotta say right it's not your timeline you're not responsible for policing my speech i'm not a person that's gonna um I'm not influencing the world out here. I'm just giving my opinion like you give your opinion. Now, a lot less people might be interested in your opinion, you know, but that probably has something to do with, you know, the lack of thought and eloquence in your opinion and your ability to express that. Right. Don't be mad at me because we disagree. You know what I mean? Like I'm and and also you're just not that smart. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. so, um, you know, he was like, uh, I just want to strike a balance. And I said, strike D's, you whack ass nigga. <laughs> and he said, intelligent responses. I'll get, I, it'll get you a lot of retweets and site visits. Good work. I see what folks like you do. So this is kind of like that dude that was calling our show. We had to stop playing his messages. Right. These conspiracy theories that think I'm doing, that people think my opinion is to somehow help out clicks for our website or listens to our podcast. Guess what, dumbass? They don't know what the fuck I think till they play it. Right. So there's no fucking way that it's helping out. No one goes, I'm going to go listen to three hours of podcast because Rob said something on Twitter. That, that's pretty much not how it works. And if it was a winning strategy, then you have a lot more people that were more successful than me at it. Um, two, if I really wanted to pander to get business, I would just um, pander to dumbass niggas like you because a fool... Like, that is separated from his money so quickly and so easily. And will support shit. Yeah, like, dudes like Steve Harvey and Tariq Nasheed are going to be way richer than me for the rest of their lives. Yes, I will never will. attain the the wealth that you can get from just reinforcing the idiocy in society. I can easily just hop on this mic and be like, black women ain't shit. Don't nobody, uh, why y'all think everything is racist? Uh, pull your pants up. We could do that shit every fucking day and niggas would hate us, but you know what? White people would love us and we make a lot of fucking money. Hey, that's the truth. We would not be doing this shit in the apartment. We mm-hmm. wouldn't, we'd probably be on the fucking radio. <laughs> yes, we would. Or some shit like that. But somehow, just giving my motherfucking opinion, I always gotta come down to, why are you doing this for clicks? I didn't get any clicks on our website for this shit. You know what I mean? Our site doesn't even get that many hits. People listen to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And and it never goes up because of something I tweeted, ever. Doesn't even go up when we can put it in the episode title. It could be Stop Street Harassment. It it won't, the listens won't go up because of that. Mm -mm. We just have a meticulous work ethic and we put out a better product than a lot of people. That's right. But that's about work. A lot of people had the same opinion and ain't moving units or making money or whatever the fuck. If it was so fucking profitable, every rap song would be starring with stop street harassment and domestic violence is wrong. You fucking idiot. No, it's just such a, a, 
and I, I'm like, I'm at this point where I'm tired of dealing with idiots and I'm cutting them off at the past. I don't have time. You just take these insults. Come on. Take now. the insults. Cause I'm I, no I longer, yeah, I'm no longer, uh, entertaining this shit when I see the stupidity coming out the gate. I'm tired of fucking trying to placate these assholes and be like, well, you know, if you think about it this way, no, Mm-mm. I already know. I'm not going to change your mind cause you're a fucking idiot. And then, cause you wouldn't have said the first statement if you weren't stupid. Right. And I'm not here to teach you. You got Google, you got Wiki, you got all kinds of shit you can go look up to educate yourself, but you won't because you're a fucking idiot. Right. And, and, and I think for me, the, the funny part is that a lot of these, uh, not all, but, uh, some of them actually will talk to you and have an incident with you and then hit me up and I'm like, block, nigga, block. I can go back and see that you've been interacting with him. Right. Why the fuck are you coming over here talking to me? And I like, don't care about what the fuck y'all were talking about. And like, honestly, how stupid can you be to say, well, women are using emotional manipulation and emotional violence way more than men. Nigga, hitting someone, part of that is emotional, physical, mental, Spiritual, verbal, right. all of the abuses. Like, niggas only hit the women, and it's like, that'll have no emotional effect because you can just separate it. God damn, what an idiot. God damn. Like, it's really, like, it's, like, the amount of idiots on social media has become overwhelming to me. Yeah, and they've all... And they love me for... It's like mosquitoes in the South. Mm, They love me. (laughs) They just love me. You must stay sweet. And right. it's just one of those Must things. be the cocoa butter. I don't know. Uh, must be. They love me. You did get some new Shea cocoa butter, a body wash. Shit. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Not all sweet out there on the Twitter streets. This isn't me going like, all oh, you bitch ass niggas. I hope y'all hit me up because y'all need to stop hitting these women. This is just me live tweeting a documentary and all of a sudden it's you bashing on men. No, men are bashing on women in this documentary and I'm talking truth. about it. That like literally, you look at these pictures and tell me how I'm supposed to go. Well, what does she do? Did she say some emotional violence? Shut the fuck up, God. Yeah, and the, and the, the thing about it is that uh, social media has brought to light a lot of issues to the forefront. But social media has brought to light how fucking stupid and dumb and idiotic people are. You just didn't realize how many stupid people were in the world until social media. I mean, he deleted his tweets, it looks like, because, you know, that's what niggas do these days. But he put grown men out here blocking people. That shit is gay. But act like a bitch and the bitches flock. Big business these days. Didn't get blocked till I called him out on pandering to an audience for his website hits, though. Great, huh? Yeah, that's what it is, guys. Rod, the king of the website hits. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's why I'd say these things. Okay. Right, right. So then you just show me that you're you're, you're homophobic and all, all this right. other shit too. Okay, dog. Right. They always do, man. There was another chick. I can't even remember her name right now, but she said some stupid shit on Twitter about like, you know, my mom made it with with no job and she never needed government assistance and she always provided for me and my daughter, my sister, and blah blah blah. And then she texted her mom and found out that her her mom was on government assistance at some point. She was. At the time, she was downing people that were on government assistance. Like, why don't y'all just work harder and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to spend all that money. Come to find out her mom was on it. Her mom basically was like, fool, I was on it. Don't, you know, you being stupid. Right. I just never told your ass. Right. right. So she was kind of like, damn, you know, and I said, you know what, man? People was getting on your shit, but 
you know it's your mom's business she probably didn't want you to know for whatever reason it doesn't matter as long as your childhood was happy and you know uh i'm I'm cool with you so don't worry about it right Mm -hmm. she's like yeah cool cool i followed her back we followed each other it was cool this was about the time of the wedding actually that my brother had (sighs) the other day of course charles barkley says that dumbass shit about black people being the worst and I was like, yeah, that's not really true, blah, blah, blah. And then she came in my mentions, mad confrontational, you know, complete talk, accuse me of not being able to read, all the shit. And I'm like, this is my fault. Why do I ever give people a chance? I really shouldn't. I really should not give people a chance. If I wouldn't have gave her a chance the first time, I'd been like, what a dumb idiot. Of course your mom was on some sort of whatever. And you, of course you're stupid to be judging people for being on it. Period. And you're probably going to be full of other dumbass opinions that just are full of dumbassery. Of course. Ah! Why wouldn't you? Because that's a dumbass opinion that dumb people have. And I was like, nah, maybe she just had a bad day. No, it's not a bad day. Every day is a bad day when you have the fucking, like, brain capacity of a kitten chasing one of those red dot lasers on the wall. (laughs) Of course you're stupid. (laughs) It's my fault. It's not their fault. And and, and, and the thing is that, you know, sometimes people can have an off day. I mean, so, I mean, I, I can completely understand. Like I said, it's just that when it comes to, uh, I do have patience. Uh, I put like this. I have more patience in real life than I do on social media. I have zero patience on social media, uh, because in my mind, uh, I have to deal with shit in real life. I'm not gonna deal with shit on social media, but this is just me. So when you come on team, I'm like, fuck you, block, fuck you, block, block, block. I, you know, we're not having a conversation. We're not talking. I don't, you know, coming at me sideways, uh, saying random shit. I, I just don't, cause I want my, I control my social media experience and I want it to be pleasant. And if you come over here with some bullshit and, 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 and idiocracy, I don't have to deal with it. I, th- that's the pleasure of social media. Yeah, and these fucking, the dudes that, the dudes that don't put their pictures in their avatars and shit like that, man, just so fucking stupid. Like, the people that, like, got cats and dogs as avatars, I'm sorry we got a cat or a dog. Put a fucking face in there, because y- y- y'all gotta go in the same category, Right, man. with the like, eggs. Yeah, eggs, 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 shirtless dudes. Like, it's just a level Animals. of Animals, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, you know, hate to stereotype all you motherfuckers, but it's a very high percentage of y'all that are just trolls and people mm-hmm. I don't want to share opinions with. Right. Like, real talk, man. Um, because you don't want to put anything publicly about yourself out there. Right, yeah, because you know you're a troll. Right. And you know you're going to say stupid shit. Then you wonder why nobody wants to follow your ass and shit like that. Like, right. Why you're probably you, stupid. Right. And then I go, you know, look on your timeline. You have, you know, eight followers, but, you know, 20,000 tweets. Right. And all your tweets are just acting people and saying just the dumbest shit. Right. So, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, Private Violence was a really good documentary. And they did eventually lock up the dude, Robbie. They actually have a scene in the courtroom with another woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so crazy. Like, they she gets up and they basically are like um i think she's i don't even think she's testifying i think it was just like the hearing to see like how like when the trial was or something like that Mm -hmm. and so he's at the hearing the abuser dude he walks like the bailiff gets ready to walk him out of the room and right when he gets to the door he just turns around and just stares at her for like 10 seconds straight 
like a like a nfl player looking at a quarterback or something you know what i mean like just like i'm like it's so i will fuck you up right right and it's so obvious and it's intimidating it, it was like something out of a fucking movie and you're just thinking like there's still a chance that dude gets to walk the street because fuck it you know Correct. but we all know what that dude's gonna do and what the woman at the beginning it starts with like a guy's like i know where you're at i know you're at the shelter which he's not supposed to know where it's at um and he's like i'm gonna come over there i want to meet you meet me at this gas station at the street and so she's texting back and forth where you at all this shit and the reason she's texting is because um because she's told the people who work at the shelter um that what he said and so the people at the shelter are like um okay um call um we're gonna call the police so they call the police and they basically even check with the police. Is it entrapment if we tell them to come meet her somewhere? And then we have you guys show up and they're like, nope, it's not entrapment. So they, they, they do it and they catch the dude. Um, and she starts crying cause she feels like she betrayed him. Like she not, it's not like tears of relief. She's sad that they arrested her abuser cause she's like, wow, I can't believe we had to, I had to do that to him i can't believe i did that to somebody because that's loved for her right right and and they've had incidents where the police have came and arrest somebody and the person that's being abused actually jumps on the officers right for arresting this person all the time time. and uh that woman had two kids from a previous relationship she went back to the dude and she lost her kids to child services because she they were like you can't have this kid around this abuser he's not their father it's from a previous relationship right so she lost her kids to be with that dude it's just a problem that i can't wrap my mind around i can't relate to it and i don't know how you fix something like that because it's so such a foreign mentality for me i can't imagine being like this person is bad for me and willing to hurt me and i'm just gonna go back and you know be with them for a lot of people um the abuse is an addiction if you look at it like that a lot of people would look at it very differently just like people are addicted to chocolate people are addicted to sex people are addicted to food people are addicted to certain things and it becomes a part of your lifestyle if you're addicted to something and you cannot see your life any other way and for a lot of these people it gets to the point where that's what it is for them so to them they feel like uh i can't get rid of this addiction it's like the uh, it's an overwhelming power for some people that they cannot control that they feel like this is what I must do, regardless of how much sense it does not make to other people in their minds. This is what they feel like is right. Yeah. All right, man. Let's talk about some news articles and stuff. Ben- okay. Benedict Cumberbatch, who people may know from the last time we did the show uh, with Najela, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be the new Doctor Strange. Um, and he said, uh, contrary to what Najela, the lies and falsehoods she spread about him, <laughs> he played Doctor Who and he said, Doc, Sherlock, I mean, he played Sherlock and he says, uh, Sherlock knows how to please a woman. So there you go, guys. He said smoking a pipe. Conclusive proof that Najela was wrong. Uh, <laughs> hit her up on Twitter at BlazingBitch with a Y, Y-T-C-H, and, uh, let her know. Benedict Cumberbatch does know how to please women and uh you know, popular belief yeah it don't have to be uh the 17 guys she named that she thought were more um handsome because uh what matters is that he's willing to do the do the work 
Um, there's already articles uh, defending Lena Dunham. Remember we talked about Lena Dunham yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, what sounded like sexual abuse to her sister? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Sarah Seltzer, like I said, uh, Lena Dunham is a huge, huge white feminist icon. Okay. Oh, yes. Like, they, they love her. Yes, they do. And you can tell they love her because those passages in the book, you seems like someone would have discovered and read and put out there already especially in a community that's so much about anti-abuse and violence and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like a bunch of people bought that book and either framed it, put it on their wall and never read it. Right. Or they read it and thought, oh, I'm not going to say anything because the book was out for a couple of months and nobody read this, talked about this. Mm-mm. So um, she writes, Lena Dunham's triggering art doesn't make her an abuser, no matter what some transphobic bigot insists. That's right. Um, sounds more like we're going to be protecting the person, not the uh, art, not the you know the principal. This past weekend, the National Review's Kevin Williamson, notable for his transphobic piece "Laverne Cox is Not a Woman" and an infamous "Women Who Get Abortion Should Be Hanged" tweet, moved on to attacking Lena Dunham for writing about her own rape in her memoir, "Not That Kind of Girl." Uh, now it's funny because. Um, that like that's not really how most people found out they found out through another right wing nut but um you know is is a right wing it's like because you find out from a bad source does that make the information not, not valid true. you know what i mean nah. but for a lot of people yeah but nah nah you know no matter how bad the person is sometimes they do speak the truth but people just ignore it because of the source even a broken clock all right and it's funny because now it's turning into a right wing left left it's coming it's turning into like a right versus left political issue which is amazing because that's exactly what she wanted when she was like oh two old republican men like it was just so Mm -hmm. like everything you can hide behind i'm a feminist they're men their their politics uh they, like anything you can hide behind other than well i did write that shit and that is what it said all right anyway why does she have the right to accuse a man of rape without having to take responsibility for the accusation he said cherry picking through her memoir was she clear was she was she herself clearly mistreated her sister she said mistreated dog whistle her sister mistreated okay um also like it was funny because people found a picture from her instagram Mm -hmm. where you know she was saying like you know it's not funny to call me uh it's you know it's nothing funny about calling me a sexual abuser blah 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 or sexual predator and they found a picture on her instagram of her little sister um from when they were kids where she dressed her sister up to look like a hell's angel or something Mm -hmm. and in the in the um picture uh she says uh you know throwback thursday that time i dressed my five-year-old sister up as a hell's angel sex property hashtag 1997 so you know it's like you know not saying that that means she was abusing her or nothing but it's like well you can joke about it that way you know, you definitely didn't mind talking about it then, but now these allegations coming up, it's like, uh, let's not, let's not talk about this anymore. Um, so yeah, um, 
to make that claim he found an innocent he found an innocent in her memoir that indeed shows i mean an incident in her memoir that indeed shows dunham exhibiting lack of boundaries at age of the age of seven which is an aggravated piece that exploded was accidentally initially published as 17 when she poked inside her baby's sister's vagina for an impromptu anatomy lesson found a pile of pebbles stashed within dunham struck back in a series of tweets but what happened next was unfortunately exactly what Dunham's right wing attackers wanted. Some feminists, many who already disliked Dunham's privilege and persona, joined the hue and cry. Some even labeled all supporters of Dunham's as enablers of rape and abuse. So what what the subtext here is black feminists. Correct. Because black feminists ain't had it for her ass since girls. <laughs> like, right. Because- they have been waiting for her to fuck up even worse. And this is just another case where it's like, this motherfucker, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some even label all supporters of Dunham as enablers of rape and abuse to build this case. They cited behavior on Dunham's part that legitimately sucks, like outing her sister to her parents, along with her self-aware jokes about boundary issues and behaving like a predator to get her little sister to give attention and kisses, as well as her admitted habit of masturbating in bed as a teenager with her sister fast asleep beside her. This kind of self-pleasuring was slipping, sip. Uh, beside one is also the opening incident in Caitlin Moran's recent novel, How to Build a Girl. All of these stories have been relayed by Dunham as part of a constructed, crafted series of interviews and essays, likely leaving out many other details that we simply can't know without being a member of the Dunham clan. Which is funny because now it's like, oh, well, I'm sure there's lots of details that, that, that make this make sense that she wouldn't want to write about. Word. Yeah, let's leave the context out because, you know, that'll that'll make it better she wants your money it's perfectly understandable to dislike dunham's art and her persona to note that her pattern of behavior doesn't seem like doesn't make her seem like a particularly considerate person artists are narcissists narcissists who knew to wish she wasn't quite such a darling of today's feminist movement to wonder if she has such issues to work out surely she'd agree to point out that her aesthetic benefits from cultural double standards and privilege that is often denied to women of color and to be extremely upset by individual instances of her candor as a writer, artist, and public figure. Um, that's a long ass sentence. Um, but feminists have our own word for this. The word is triggering. Dunham makes triggering art, which is so funny because when <laughs> it's, it's so funny because when somebody you don't like does this shit, triggering is the worst thing someone could do in the world. Like, it'll yeah. shut down a conversation. You know, it's one of the reasons we don't ever say trigger alert on our podcast. We don't mm-hmm. ever say this word might trigger you. We Like, mm-hmm. honestly, we're not going to stop the conversation. We'd much rather you just avoid listening at all because there's no topic that's off limit on our show. Right. But, and I don't, ha- I don't have the responsibility to make you feel comfortable. Right. But then, then to try to say, like, oh, no, 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 she's trying to trigger people. And that's why it's so brilliant. Then get the fuck out of here. So why instead are we using the right wing handbook and, <laughs> and demanding the burning and renouncing of all things done of this is a case where the word trigger is quite appropriate. Some people find her work. Okay. Others are disturbed. Some want to steer clear of the artist forever. Some want to read more of her words immediately. Some say they've been abused and they definitely recognize abuse in Dunham's story. Some say they have been abused and this is not abuse. There's no clear consensus as to the right reaction to her written words. <laughs> Okay. Because there's so many clear consensus to all the other things that people talk about. 
um so why would we adopt a scorch and burn yes there's a drop denim hash denim hashtag approach when we could instead say hey this poison this person's art which as such is not in any way the whole truth of her life in context is really triggering so wait she wrote memoirs that aren't the truth or they're not the whole truth like what what is the deal with this now it's not the truth because you don't want it to be right because there has to be something more it's kind of like when people first said um like when 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 like accusations about like uh woody allen come out and then people are like well you know it has to be i mean he said he waited till this and that and there's all this other evidence it's like yeah but i mean well how could we know we weren't there we didn't see it it wasn't on camera you know uh when r kelly had it on camera it's like yeah but i mean how old is 15 really it's always something cubes Labeling something triggering differs from labeling something someone is toxic, never touch again, abuser, and joining whether gleefully or with sorrowful claps hands, a misogynist rape culture denying smear campaign started by a transphobic bigot. Certainly there are many legitimate questions to raise about Dunham's behavior and what we ourselves would accept as parents. Personally, I'm intrigued by the discussion that has ensued about how one balances encouraging kids, healthy sexual exploration with the establishment of boundaries. Big ethical questions have also yet again been raised about telling each telling other people's story in your memoir. I studied writing with a group of memoirists who disagreed about where the uncrossable lies lie for two for two years straight. Okay, whatever. And what the public accepts from uh. white artists. <laughs> I mean, obviously it has to be something about her. And what the public accepts from white artists that we wouldn't accept from people of color. And there are further issues about female created narrative and how we tend to unfairly conflate characters of stories written by women, in particular with the writer's actual life. But she really said, this is my life. Right. She, I just don't get how this person she didn't like, make this yeah. up. Like this. So she it, acting like yeah. this is a fairy tale that she told. It's almost like, I hope she's lying so I can say that, you know, she's lying. Not to right. mention just because the guy brought it up, the campaign, quote unquote, didn't come from him. Like, Mm-mm. this isn't a bunch of right wing people controlling this. This is people that within the spectrum of fem- uh, feminist or whatever who are like, no, this is wrong. And it doesn't matter if you're a fan of hers. What she's doing is, is wrong. She's an adult and she shouldn't put this shit out here without some sort of like self reflection and realizing that this is abuse. Correct. We should talk about all the aforementioned issues and we should certainly talk about abuse. Should we? Cause it seems like this whole time you have it. But when it comes to hard accusations, we should also note this. It's obviously the authority figures in Dunham's life knew what was up and took steps they deemed appropriate for a seven year old child. In fact, Dunham started therapy soon after this incident and her parents were aware of what happened. Meanwhile, her sister is managing her book tour and has this to say, uh, which is always funny cause like if this was Janae Rice, Come on now. I'm just saying. If it was Janae Rice, it wouldn't matter what she said. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Let me get the clown horn on that. <laughs> uh, so it's like, uh, sure, she's a victim of sexual assault, but we want to believe her so we can avoid not liking this person. Correct. As a queer person, I'm committed to people narrating their own experiences, determining for themselves what has and has not been harmful. Today, like every other day, is a good day to think about how we police the sexualities of young women, queer, and trans people. Which is some really non-committal statements. Right. Like, how are you going to put those tweets in there like, see, guys, she's fine. Of course, Grace Dunham's only number. Says, 
you off of 150 characters? Okay. All right. Of course, Grace Dunham's owning of her story doesn't mean people who have suffered abuse can't be triggered by that story. When Twitter fights of this nature blow up, it's evident that there are a great deal of personal and societal pain floating around, and we should respect that pain and those wounds. But memoir and art doesn't necessarily exist to bandage wounds. It's often there to open them up, to depict things without an endorsement, and that's why it's okay to say something is intentionally triggering or distasteful as a warning to the wounded, but unnecessary to say that everyone else who consumes that material is therefore a bad person, an apologist, and an enabler. Bitch, you a bad person, an apologist, and an enabler. Uh I'm reading this shit, because I hate when people do this. I wouldn't have a problem with people just being like, yes, what this person did was fucked up. I'm still a fan. I'm kind of fucked up the end instead it's got to become like right no i'm not i'm not enabling them by giving them my money yes they, you are they don't want to be looked at as a bad person yeah you wrote this piece you put it on flavorwire.com you defend her yes you are enabling her you don't want her to wake up to that realization that mm, she might have some shit to work out and you might too but nah you don't want to do that it's not like i listen to snoop dogg and then i start walking around like I don't have no problems, dog. And you know what? Snoop Dogg ain't got no problem with women. I don't get the, I don't understand what y'all talking about. <laughs> anyway, now if I lay this hoe, I'm going to pay this hoe. Oh, wait a minute. Come on, man. Uh, like I said, if, if, if that was Janae Rice or some shit, if I wrote this same piece about Ray Rice, <laughs> he's just uh, using controversial abuse as an art form. Like, come on, man. Memoirs are art is controversial. We all we are all welcome to make judgments about each other for our taste. Um, yeah. So then don't even write this shit. Let us judge you. Oh no, nah, you don't really want us to judge you. Right? You don't really want everybody to judge you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh feel free to look at me and say she's a bougie idiot for enjoying girls, but calling the artist an a-hole is very different from definitively saying she's 100% an abuser and demanding her immediate public shaming. <laughs> Work. Oh my God. I wish we feminists could stick with the nuanced terms and conversations that we ourselves began to leave the reactionary takedown tactics to the right wing. Oh man. People are already responding. Julia and wait, Juliana writes in, all this padding on Lena Dunham's back is getting tiresome. I'm seriously starting to believe this girl can write it on paper that she set someone on fire and there will be still be journalists and fans ah! praising her for speaking out and owning up to it. Of course. How do I like this? Like, oh, I got to sign in. Never mind. Um, someone said so there's a few major problems with this piece first and foremost you seem to be the one taking pages from the right wing playbook and that you're making something completely 100 percent not a political issue into one like what exactly does any of this have to do with being liberal or conservative by referring to kevin williamson as a transphobic bigot in the headline it's completely nonsensical of course he completely is and the national review is garbage and that's not the point but that's not the point at all what on earth does any of that have to do with Lena Dunham? Despite his shady intentions, he helped bring attention to a very valid conversation about abuse. Right. People are not specifically upset about a seven-year-old kid being curious about a vagina. They're upset about the seemingly abusive behavior in the years that follow that Lena laid out in the book. She literally compares her actions to that of a sexual predator and heavily details using bribes and tragedies to emotionally manipulate her sister into incestuous acts. So, yes, of course this is triggering for several abuse victims, Who's you, who you seem to be dismissively lumping into a category with feminists who don't like a TV show. You are absolutely right in that only victims own their stories and have the ultimate say in whether or not 
they actually consider themselves an abuse victim. If Grace does not consider herself a victim of abuse, there's not much more to do than condemn Lena's actions. I like that too. Also, FYI, this sounds shockingly similar to Woody Allen supporters. Uh, what they were writing after his abuse allegations were servicing. Mm. That's mm. true. That's true. You know Lena going to probably be in one of the Woody Allen movies eventually. Come on. That's going to be some hot fire. A Roman de Berman Polanski dude. Mm. Mm. The internet going to explode. I can't wait. <laughs> All the agendas colliding at the same time. <laughs> Feminists that took down Woody Allen. And now they icon is in the movie. Oh, oh, it's going to happen. Oh, man. She responded to some of these people, which I don't know if that's the wisest thing to do. That's truth. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just amazing. Um, people, people love them. Selena Dunham, dog. Like they really defended that shit. I, right. And I'm telling you, that R. Kelly shit came out. I was not sitting up here talking about, but. Well, seems like you're ready, y'all. It's such a good album. Like I was just like, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> right. I'm I'm not gonna defend your ass, pissing on children and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you you put your body out there halfway naked and embracing yourself. It don't excuse that behavior. Hmm. Be Main who one. you want to be. Be free. Put your titties out for the world to see, but it's still on excuse the behavior. You the main one trying to take down Woody Allen, and here you go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, y'all was the main ones talking about some good for her when um Mia Farrow came out and was talking bad about him and shit. Good for her. It's about time Hollywood stood up to the abuse. That Woody Allen's like, and people was making that saying, well, if the, if she married him and she doesn't feel that she's a victim, then who are you to say? They ain't want to hear that. Yeah. It's like, well, what about, you know, the other daughter? Well, look, man, I mean, she, 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 she was a kid and she don't really remember. I mean, how you going to take her word over Woody Allen? It's like so much shit that just, you just throw in the air to defend the person. Why? Cause you fucking like them. Right. Cause you, you fucking you, like them. And you can and find it, excuses then. Right. And the thing is, the initial incident that they're talking about that they do the pat, the original passage from, it's just one. It's just one incident. It went on for years. Like it wasn't just one time with a seven year old, you know, it was for years. It, don't, let's not, let's not try to, let's not try to turn it down into some, into some shit where it's like, Oh no, it's not a big deal. They've made bigger deals out of smaller shit. Stop. Stop. Like, the people that, like, some of these people, like, fucking have made a profession out of making shit into a big deal. But now suddenly. Make millions off of it. Yeah, now suddenly. Rush does it every day. We don't need to rush the judgment, guys, okay? We don't need to rush the, it's all, it's, it's that thing I was talking about where it's all about how much you like a person. Right. It's like when you like somebody, it's just uh people will do anything, you know, to to oh, I like this person, well then I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. You know, like I'm gonna let it go because it, it's fine. Whatever they do can't be that bad. Um but whatever. All right, good for her though. She got a she got a defense of a girl off. Um Chris Rock, it worked. I called it. He did his uh, seven-minute monologue for Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and Up Rocks, Andrew Roberts uh, of UpRocks.com, did, uh, he said, did Chris Rock's Saturday Night Live monologue go too far? 
All the reason why is because of some shit that made white folks uncomfortable. It wasn't even about race, Karen. Like, he didn't really talk about race. Um, He talked about terrorism. Uh, He talked about... Right, white folks feel uncomfortable. America feels uncomfortable. Right. I don't think that's a white thing. I think people in America is not comfortable with the idea of terrorism and shit like that. Um, The Boston bombing and the marathon, I mean... um, I don't know that you can attribute all this to just race, in my opinion. I mean, I watched it. And I guess for me, I guess the biggest reason why I said it is because you know how our country runs. You know, nigga issues don't matter. So that's why I was saying, you know, you make white people feel uncomfortable about topics, it becomes an issue. Black people become uncomfortable about topics, it, it, it doesn't fucking matter. Even though all of these issues affect all of us, but American problems aren't American problems until it affects uh, a lot of white people. All right, I guess, man. I watching it, I didn't feel like, oh, white people are gonna be so mad. Like he's oh, done, he's done, not. he's done bits before, and I'm saying that to clarify because he's done things before where I was like, oh, this specifically is gonna piss white people off. Like when you okay. talked about July the fourth. We talked about the 4th of July on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That is something where I'm like, white people would be mad. This was just, people are going to be mad. Like, Boston Marathon, 9-11, um, you know, uh, the Freedom Tower. Like, you know, he's in New York saying these things. And I said, I wonder if he's doing it to kind of just drum up publicity and to go viral. Like, oh, that, to get that, people that, to watch that, it. That but, makes sense. Because the topics were so controversial. It wasn't really like current events. It was more like these bigger, more uncomfortable things. Um, you know, um, so I, you know, I wonder what other, um, comedians think about it. If they think it was brave, if they think, cause I don't know that it was the funniest thing. I'll, I'll play some of it. I don't know that it was the funniest monologue, but it was just one of those like, ooh, type of monologues. Okay. Yesterday was Halloween. Tomorrow's the uh, New York City Marathon. Yeah, scary, you know. know, What could go wrong there, right? (laughs) It'll be all right. It'll be all right. New York's going to be fine. Just like like Boston's fine after the marathon, you know. Well, that Boston Marathon was scary, man. That was scary, man. Because I I love Boston. I love the people there. But that that was probably the most frightening, sadistic terrorist attack ever. Just think about it. 26 miles. 26 miles. 26 miles is a long drive. If you, if you call up one of your friends, hey man, I need you to pick me up. Where you at? About 26 miles away. You better get Uber. 26 miles. People jogging for 26 miles, man. 26. Their knees are hurting. Their feet are 
killing them. If you're a woman, there's blood coming out your titties. Twenty-six miles. You've been training for a year. You finally get to the finish line, and somebody screams, "Run!" <laughs> Woo! That is horrible, man. But hey, the good people of Boston bounce back. That's right. And New York will bounce back. That's right. New York, we had our own terrorist attack, and we bounced back. That's right. Now we got the Freedom Tower. The Freedom. Have you seen the Freedom Tower? You can see it no matter where you're at. If, if you can't, if you if you can't see it from here, then you're in Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> Freedom Tower. But anyway, you look. Now they should change the name from the Freedom Tower to the Never Going In There Tower. Because I'm never going in there. That will ever get me in that building? Are you kidding me? My God, what do they have? Does this building duck? What? What are they thinking? Like, who's the corporate sponsor? Target? Stop it! In the same spot, they put another skyscraper in the same. What kind of arrogant Floyd Mayweather crap is this? In the same. Businesses are they going to put in the Freedom Top? They better put some mandatory stuff in there, stuff you can't get out of, like the IRS, Family Court, DMV. Cause they put a sunglass hut in there, it's gonna be empty. I am never going in the Freedom Tower, man. Are you kidding me? The same spot. Hey, I got robbed on 48th and 8th about 20 years ago. I have not been back to 48th and 8th. Freedom Tower. I, hey man, I don't care if Scarlett Johansson is butt naked on the 89th floor in a plate of ribs. <laughs> I'm not going in there, alright? No, 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 no. People are like, come on, man, don't joke about the Freedom Tower. That, that has something to do with 9-11. Hey, hey, I'm not joking about 9-11. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But you gotta realize, we are in America, and in America, there are no sacred days, because we commercialize everything. Right. So we're only five years away from 9-11 sales. <laughs> That's right. You're going you're gonna to hear it on the radio. Like, Come on down to Red Lobster. These shrimp are $9.11. <laughs> That's right. No, it doesn't matter what the holiday is. Martin Luther King Day is going to be the same thing. You're going to be watching TV like, these Toyotas are practically free at last, free at last. <laughs> these Toyotas are practically free at last. This MLK birthday, Medea's got a dream. <laughs> We commercialize everything. Look what we did to Christmas. Christmas. Christmas is Jesus's birthday. It's Jesus's birthday. Now, I don't know Jesus. But from what I've read, Jesus is the least materialistic person to ever roam the earth. No bling on Jesus. Jesus kept a low profile, and we turned his birthday into the most materialistic day of the year. Matter of fact, we have the Jesus birthday season. It's a whole season of materialism. Then at the end of the Jesus birthday season, we have the nerve to have an economist come on TV and tell you how horrible the Jesus birthday season was this year. <laughs> oh, we had a horrible Jesus birthday this year. Hopefully business will pick up by his crucifixion. <laughs> yes, but you know, you try to help. Jesus, Jesus tried to help. to help you get hurt for helping that's what happens now i, mean, I went down to washington dc for an anti-gun event okay 
anti-gun thing at the White House. I'm not, I'm not big anti-gun, but I just think there should be some regulations just in case. This, like the same way I can't drive a NASCAR down the street, I shouldn't be able to have a... That's how you can tell it's not from the South. A NASCAR? That's not how... Mm-hmm. No. Machine gun in my house across the street from the school, okay? That's simple, right? All right, so I'm not going to finish all this, but you can see he was hitting topics that not necessarily the funniest topics, mm-hmm. a lot of almost like too soon type shit or, you know, talking about Jesus and, you know, Christianity and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they wrote, did Chris Rock Saturday Night Live monologue go too far already? Mm-hmm. I I guess I just have a fucked up sense of humor. I was like, um, that's fucked up. Boy, I really hate to hear what's really fucked up then. Yep. They had people, they went and found people from Twitter who were, um, <clears throat> who were, uh, upset by it or, you know, at least took one tweet from them. They might not have even been upset. Some people were laughing. Some people weren't. Right. But you know, since it's live, all those people that watched it because, hey, it's Chris Rock and Prince. Right. Which is what they wanted. Don't be, you know, like, I can't be mad at people for tuning in and being upset when Saturday Night Live got these guests to get people who normally don't watch the show to watch the show. And, of course, correct, they're entitled to their opinion as well. Yes, they know? are. So you had people that were saying, like, this is this opening monologue by Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live is a little uncomfortable, talking bombing Boston Marathon bombing at 9-11. I love Chris Rock, but this Saturday Night Live monologue is aw- incredibly awkward and uncomfortable. Did Chris Rock just say in the middle of Manhattan that the Boston Marathon was the worst terrorist attack? Um, you know, um, it, it was just kind of crazy, you know? My, 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 I guess my level of fucked up in this, that wasn't high. So, mm, I give it a zero, but that's just me. Yeah. So, yep. Um... We'll see what happens with his monologue because I know with Martin Lawrence when he went over the top, uh, they never rebroadcast his monologue and he never was invited back. Uh, El Boogie, Miss Lauren Hill, showed up forty five minutes late to Voodoo Fest for the only, second only forty five for a second time. She actually timing it better. But don't worry, Karen, she made a minutes on stage count. <laughs> Yeah, I know she did. A lot of people were upset on Twitter and stuff. Um, um, what was funny is it was her, <coughs> it was her second show of the same day. Mm-hmm. So like, where'd you go that you were late? <laughs> like you, what you in the break room? Yeah. You, <laughs> you were there already. You took a nap and was like, oh fuck. She was set to begin at six. She took the stage three quarters of an hour late. At 6.45 at 7.15 while she was winding down on versions of Ready or Not, voodoo personnel with two more bands to come on the ritual main stage, cut off her microphone and dim the stage lights. So she was just going to perform like she wasn't late and like other bands didn't have to go after her. Um, yeah. Uh, but a little bit later in a, a, a unusually accommodating move, Voodoo announced a little less than an hour later that her ouster from the ritual stage that it had found Hill an hour to play a makeup set on Flambeau, Flambe, uh, moving her from its biggest platform to its smallest. The audience shrunk proportionately, maybe because the large crowd for her scheduled show had plans to see other headliners, mm-hmm. or maybe as many complained on Twitter because they had come to Voodoo specifically to see the reclusive Lauren Hill, um, so, and so had left after her performance. 
right uh which she delivered a second time both the performance and the abbreviation diehard fans who huddled in the 55 degree chill oh you poor souls which is definitely not as warm a place as it as the name flambe applies at 10 p.m were also waiting at 10 15 10 30 and 10 45 she was 45 minutes late again <laughs> why do y'all keep paying her the numbers add up in the end to two separate half hour long sets and two 45 minute delays so voodoo fast fast goers got from hill in the end of hours of performance at 90 minutes of late oh hell no Whew, man i don't know like like i said i just have a certain level of professionalism and it's just one of the things where i i just wouldn't book her like as 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 a person who's in this shit to make money it makes no sense to book her mm-hmm. like no it just does it's not profitable to you or it's profitable before the short term and it speaks for on your venue too because people are like well i'm not going back to your venue because i went and she was late how how dare you put up with this mm-hmm. and this person is kind of trying to um blame the, the festival for, for it and that's what people do stop stop it's her it's her but that's you, what people you gotta do. stop people, like people she was to- like this person was like why didn't they the second time because the place closes at 11 right mm-hmm. she didn't go on till 10 45 she's like well they won't cut her short this time because you know they scheduled the second one yeah they gave her an hour she sold up 45 minutes into it so like yeah so they turned the lights out at first you know like that's what you do because yeah. time is up time, yeah. bitch time up come on time yep oh man but yeah they gave her like 15 extra minutes but still you know the sandman didn't come and roll her ass off stage yeah but yeah and this these enablers man this yeah man you know the second time because then the person goes on the right like yeah she she really nailed it the second time around yeah if you had five extra hours to waste right who does yeah um so yeah that's that's just crazy man yeah hey. i got shit to do no like do you, you get a whole check for that because i feel like if i have a venue and your ass shows up 45 minutes late to you both 45. not only your a regular schedule joint but even the, the the time that we made up for you to come back you show up 45 minutes late to that shit Oh hell no! You're not getting the whole check from me, right? And and if, and if venues are smart, they would put it. They would start putting it in her stipulations. This this state this shit. You come late, or put like this. Or if you come after a certain time, we're not paying your ass. Yeah, here's a three fourths of a uh, here's three fourths of a check, motherfucker. Right? Because you gave me you gave people three fourths of a show. Man, um, all right. Co-host of NPR's Car Talk, uh, Tom Maglia. Magliozzi died Monday from complications from Alzheimer's. Yes, and I was and I was really really sad because that 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 was my show. Uh, and they um they've been doing this show for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was seventy seven years old. The show the show began in the nineteen seventies. Ooh, oh my gosh! Became nationally broadcast in nineteen eighty seven, and up until a few years ago, they recorded live, and then the Alzheimer's stuff with complications, so they they haven't taken the live show for two years, but the station has been airing old shows. Um, so hopefully they will continue to do that and to honor his brother. Oh, they will. Uh, Ray, to honor um, Ray's brother. 
you know it's man when it has um, ranking shows yeah and i do want to just give them props man because um as odd as it seems i know they weren't uh necessarily a podcast but i don't think podcasting would exist if not for car talk correct you know i feel like car talk you know people i know most people probably never even fucking heard of especially young people but um if not for car talk which is essentially just two dudes right talking about how to fix your car and delivering different anecdotes Mm -hmm. and like relate and they made a connection with the audience they did you know through over the years and you really got to know those guys Mm -hmm. and you know it was one of those things where it wasn't like appointment listening for me personally but you know every once in a while you hop in the car you throw it on npr and then you hear them doing it and those guys were hilarious Mm -hmm. they were on you know in in a uh enough that you actually felt familiar with them and people would call up and they just like you know kick it about the car and it seemed like even when they didn't know what the answer was they knew how to talk about it and knew which way to point you and right in the right direction um one thing i I did love about the show because uh i think i was just random listening one day and, and heard them and after a while it was just in my rotation uh a lot of the shit they talk about you was like what you can do that and like they were very very educational about cars and how uh to fix cars cheaply and and they had such a great uh banter with each other they cracked jokes on each other they would crack jokes on the callers that called in people write in they would make jokes about that they would have this thing called a limericks where um they would have like a question and uh, one of the brothers would ask the other brother, you know, about it. And it was like a lot of times like math related. Uh, and it was just one of those things where he would say he can't remember. But once once they say he had all times complications, I said, oh, he probably literally couldn't remember. Right. You know, because I was actually <clears throat> sad two years ago. I think what 2012 was mm-hmm. when they stopped airing like live shows and I guarantee you that product contributed to them stopping early. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, Taylor Swift took all her money, m- m- music off of Spotify. Why? Because she had, she broke sales. Yeah, she made so much money off of, um, right. Off of, uh, iTunes and all this stuff, um, that she said, no, nah, I'm gonna make people have to go buy it. I mean, I guess I'm one of the haters now because I'm definitely going to hate, 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 hate uh, off of this shit because how you going to take all your music off of there? The only song left is Safe and Sound from the Hunger Games soundtrack. Oh, so she took all her music off? Mm-hmm. It's gone. Oh, she's going to Everything make- from uh, 1989 is gone. Oh, she's going to make a lot of people mad. Yep. So she took it off. Um, It sounds like her people decided to um her single shake it off was the most played song on spotify right um spotify posted on their blog uh basically asking her not to do it they said we were both young when we first saw you but now there's more than 40 million of us who want you to stay 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 it's a love story baby just say yes um her spokesman, a spokeswoman did not immediately return a call for comment. The decision means that a large number of fans will have only one option here in 1989, and that's to buy, which, hundred, which hundreds of thousands of people have already done. Music's most influential artist is simultaneously making a political statement and a savvy business move. Most influential? I would be? Um, 
anyway how quickly they forget more than 700,000 people bought 1989 the first two days that it went on sale last week according to nielsen SoundScan. that already exceeds the year's biggest one week seller coldplay's ghost stories which sold 383,000 in may um swift is on pace to challenge the 1.2 million copies she sold the first week of her last album red when it went on sale so maybe they thought spotify was hurting sales which i could understand that reasoning but then to take all your music off right right instead of just taking off the current one well mm. then why did you even allow spotify to put, have it in the first place music streaming services and file share have sharply cut into music sales for artists over the past couple of years many artists complain that the fees spotify pays the record labels and music ch- publishers with a portion eventually funneled to musicians is too small the 1989 album is never streamed on spotify although shake it off has was allowed on the service all of the music Swift has officially released in her career, including Shake It Off, was pulled on Monday. Swift move, Swift move has precedence. She briefly pulled Red from Spotify around the time that the album came out, although she didn't remove her entire catalog. And Red eventually appeared on Spotify. This, this summer, Swift wrote in Wall Street Journal that artists should fight to be paid what they are worth. Music is art. Art is important and rare. Swift wrote in the journal, in the journal, important, rare things are valuable. Valuable things should be paid for. It's my opinion that music should not be free. And my prediction is that individual artists and their labels will someday decide that what an album's price point is. I hope they don't underestimate themselves or undervalue their art. But the thing is that you can't get around free. And, baby, this is the music industry's fault anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, when they had a chance to set the standards for charging for service they mm-hmm. opted to say fuck you consumer and people's like well fuck well, us that's, that's been a long time ago though but 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 it's, it's two, 2014 now i mean even if someone's getting it off of spotify they're paying ten dollars a month like, right you know i i don't know that um and people are like you said people are paying for the service so it's not like they i mean beyonce it. made everybody buy her shit Yes, she did. That shit ain't on Spotify. Mm-mm. So I don't know that, um, like, I don't think she's wrong for, for saying that. Like, people, we should determine what it's worth and you guys should go buy it or not buy it if it's too much, you that, know? That's true. But, uh, yeah. So, um, and I, you know, I think people get on the artist for wanting to get paid out of a sense of entitlement and they're wrong for that. Yeah, they deserve to get paid. I'm not saying yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we got used to stealing the shit right that's that, not that's, that's, my, not, that's, that's not okay right that's my whole point yeah <laughs> yeah she does deserve to be paid for for her her, her services yes she does she yeah, does it's do. like if i found out someone was stealing our shit i'd be mad like right and rightfully so we worked hard on it we put all the cost and effort and risk into fucking doing it and if someone's out there just getting the shit for free then yeah it's fucked up man it, it is fucked up and yeah and there's nothing wrong with her saying that or you know uh, and it sounds like maybe Spotify is being challenged to like start paying more of what they're making. Yeah, because um, they they haven't actually reported the exact numbers and how it breaks down. Although they claim seventy percent of the revenue it receives goes back to the rights holders in the form of royalty payments, but people are saying we're we're not getting that money. Right, and people have actually sold like checks of like millions of plays in like a few hundred dollars. You know, they was like, you know, people got all these plays, and that, and that's the thing where you need to take that up with Spotify. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't start a trend for people that do have Spotify because right. if it does, I mean, 
what's the point of having spotify correct if people just gonna take their shit off yep um <clears throat> let's see what else uh we can do before we move on uh how about this a man invites his daughter's rapist to dinner and then tortures him to death Oh, a furious father is facing murder charges after he treated his teenage daughter's alleged rapist to dinner before torturing him to death. The man's 14-year-old daughter was allegedly raped two months earlier by a 45-year-old married man. According to the Indian Express, the father invited the man to his home in northeast Delhi's uh, Kajuri Khas for his last meal before assaulting him. He reportedly strapped the alleged rapist to a chair, burned his genitals with heated tongs, and then strangled him. Oh, people say the the father turned himself in following the incident, giving a detailed statement of the elaborate torture methods he had carried out. <clears throat> I burned his genitals once. He screamed. I did it again. He shuddered. When I did it the third time, he did not move. He was dead. I did not want to kill him. The father reported to reportedly told the police. Damn, you could die from ball burning. I had no idea. Those things are sensitive. Very. No, you could get death from it. The father called the medicine supplier over to his house saying he wanted to discuss some issues. He served <laughs> some issue. He served him dinner. After the meal, the father overpowered the man and tied him to a chair. He got heated tongs and burned the supplies general before strangling him, him to death. He came to the police station and surrendered himself. Oh, so he choked him. He just lied. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I, he burned. The balls burned and he died. It's like, mm-hmm. or you choked him to death. Right. <clears throat> after you burned this man's balls police alleged the man had been planning the murder since his daughter told him about the incident the day it happened he did not report it to police fearing a bad name for his daughter because that's how rape culture works uh for real can't even report the crime because in some countries it just makes your daughter look bad because that's it, how they take it. it's like also now nobody wants to marry her um right and, she's you know religious people and, come down on you it's her fault somehow and, and, and in some countries, they will charge you. The victim, mm-hmm. they'll charge you. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, he tortured uh, a rapist um, and got him some sweet vengeance. Uh, I say uh, give him five to ten minutes in jail, let him back out. I mean, what's the odds he does that one again, right? right. Nobody else rape his daughter, it'll be fine. Uh, <clears throat> what else we want to talk about? Oh, Gawker, I'm not even going to read all this shit, but Gawker wrote this horrendously irresponsible article by Rich Juzwiak. I hate Gawker's, like, um, what do you call them? Editorials, I guess you would call these the articles. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to do them way too often, and it's always some hot-button issue with a, a strong take. And it's always wrong as fuck. You know, it's like, it's like how I said, sometimes now I can't even get mad when I read a headline because... I feel like it's, I'm so cynical and I'm so used to it now. I'm just like, oh, they're trying to make something a race thing and it's not. Right. Cause then you read it and you're like, oh, okay. You just, yeah. you just said that to get clicks. But when I, if, for the people that actually, the few people that actually read the shit, you go, this is in bullshit versus reading the title and getting angry. Right. Like she'll say some shit like, uh, it'll say Blake Lively wishes she could own slaves. <coughs> and you're like, really? And you click on it. Not true. You know, that's not what it really is. Mm-mm. Well, this person says, stop being such a coward, Queen Latifah. And at first, that's all it said. Then he added dash dash, maybe. 
because he said oh queen latifah's people canceled an interview with bill cosby right because bill cosby is of course uh being involved in some rape allegations that, that have been brought up again by comedian Hannibal Burst. And everybody's been talking about it. So um, they made it seem like she doesn't want to inter- interview him. Right, because she is actually new, I guess, new to this as far as, you know, trying Well, to- before you even get your opinion, just let me finish the whole thing. Cause, okay. Because you're about to sound silly. So it was like... um TMZ says Bill Cosby won't be promoting his new comedy tour on Queen Latifah's talk show because the queen and her crew got cold feet after rape allegations resurfaced. Production sources tell us Latifah's honchos didn't want the association to the eight. So the 86 Cosby, they're particularly sensitive because a video from Latifah's show just went viral showing a 13 year old gay kid going crazy on the show after winning VIP RuPaul tickets. Now what that has to do with anything? I don't know. Neither. Turns out that's not the real story. Sony Pictures Television says Mr. Cosby's scheduled appearance on Queen Latifah's show was postponed at his request and was in no way related to any of our recent or upcoming scheduled guests. So he canceled. Of course he canceled. He's probably canceling all his shit right now. Because mm-hmm. he knows you gotta he's stop. Gonna be, he knows he's going to be asked about this. Yeah. He ain't trying to promote anything right now because... This shit, it, he gotta wait till it boils over again and blows over and we can, we can forget about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny he won't though. Be his face for a while. It's just funny because Gawker wrote this hit piece on Queen Latifah just so they could be like, you know, she, you know, stop being a coward, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, these cowards left the fucking title up like they were right. You know what I mean? And he canceled, not her. Didn't issue an apology. Of course, no. Why? Right. Why would but, you? But she's a coward. She's a coward. <sighs> Fucking idiots, man. But it got it a lot is. of clicks. Forty-five thousand people shared it. Of course. So it got a ton of clicks. So I guess that's good. That's why you did it in the first place. Yeah, this is the kind of shit that I. If I was out here trying to get clicks, I wouldn't be going. You know, men probably shouldn't hit women. I'd be saying shit like, "Queen Latifah's a stupid ass coward." Fuck that bitch. Uh, y'all retweet my show. Uh, the name of the show is blackoutist.com. You know, like it. Yeah, bitch, step to your own, punch in the eye. Right, blackoutist.com. You know, you, you stop. Um, all right, let's play this and then we'll get into the games. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be tough, Karen, but uh, <laughs> stick with me and believe in yourself, and we'll make it. Okay. Okay. This is a CNN news clip. We've been talking a lot lately about what street harassment. Mm-hmm. So CNN had to go get some people to talk about it themselves. The video that so many people have been talking about, a woman being catcalled over and over as she walks through the streets of New York, a viral video marketing agency actually made this video featuring this actress uh, for an anti-street harassment group called Hollaback. Well, joining me now to talk about this video and the controversy surrounding it, Amanda Seals, a stand-up comedian who has been featured on VH1's Best Week Ever, and Steve Santagati, author of Code of Honor and the best-selling book, The Manual. All right, good to see both of you. 
<laughs> okay, so Amanda, you first. Is too much being made of this video, or you know, what is the message that you get, or that you're, you know, you and your friends and colleagues have been talking about as a result of seeing the video? Oh, I live this life every day. So nice, for me, nice. this is like now we're a minute in. She says, "I live this life every day." If you've seen the video. It's about the uncomfortableness of being catcalled and harassed on the street. Mm -hmm. This guy's reaction is nice, nice. And that's how you know. This is going to be some bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, and oh, how are you interpreting this? this? Are, are these, are you interpreting this as, as compliments? Are you annoyed by it? What, what? No, this is not, this is not complimentary. Which is funny because I think guys think that by letting you know that they would be interested in sleeping with you, that that is a compliment. And <laughs> actually it's really just objectifying me when I'm trying to walk in my daily life. I have a whole 15 minute set on stage about this, you know, about God bless you, ma, about yo, I see you, ma, you know, you're supposed to be smiling. Women are expected to the minute we leave the house, we are expected to be smiling and available for whatever men want to say to us. And don't get me wrong. Hello is fine. Like I'm from Grenada oh, in the West Indies. On. If someone says hello and you don't say hello back, that is actually considered rude but a lot of these men they're not just saying hello they say hello and when you say hello back what that means is that's an invitation to now holler at you and i can see you shaking your head but you are not an expert on this my brother because you are not a woman walking in the street uh -oh. so you uh, no no but what? i am more of an expert i'm more of an expert than you and i'll tell you why because i'm a guy and i know Absolutely how we not. think more than you guys will ever know i can't get in a woman's head any more than just like uh thinking about it <laughs> But I'm a guy, and I know why these guys do this. The bottom line is this, ladies. What? You would not care if all these guys were hot. They would be... Now, at this point in the video, two and a half minutes in, this is why I say, look, and I know all y'all can't relate. Not all y'all can understand, but <clears throat> I'm like, thank God it's a white man. Thank God, finally. Finally, a white man fucked up. Fucked up. Oh, it's been months, y'all. <laughs> I'm talking about since Stephen A. Smith. Maybe even before that. Since a white man has been the face of fucking ignorance on some sexism talking to black women. <laughs> oh, thank God the streak is over. It is, ain't it? I'm if for one, I for one am glad for the reprieve. Cause I said this dude is a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. But at least he ain't black. Finally a white idiot. Sorry, but that's how I felt. Guess the race on that one. Bolstering your self esteem. Also, if they were hot, I hate this, I hate this, this, this debate. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, uh, so if they were hot, I'm still, I'm still not gonna be late to where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm still not gonna be married. I'm still not gonna be busy. I'm still not, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he was attractive? Well, then, yeah, walk up to me and say, damn, bitch, look at your ass. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Thank you. It's an idiot. Like, one thing that a lot of these dudes take for granted is, uh, or maybe it's because they see it from our perspective and not women's perspective. Right. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of dick out here on the streets. It's a lot of dick. It's not like, Oh, thank God you said something. I wasn't going to get offered any dick today. And I was starting to get nervous. 
You know, you know what I mean? Like, right. You know, your woman's phone number is full of dick. Like it's full of dudes yeah. that are just willing to drop everything right. to drop some dick. This really dick is just not a finite resource when it comes to no, it's women's not. genitalia. So this idea of like, yeah, you know, if he was, if it was Tay Diggs, I bet you'd be like, mm-hmm, I'm so glad you said something. Why these guys do this? The bottom line is this, ladies. What? You would not care if all these guys were hot. They would be bolstering your self-esteem, bolstering your ego. There is nothing more than a Yeah, I forget her name. It's like Amanda Seals or something. Her face. And her face is during she, this video. Let me put this in the chat. Her she face forgot is, that she was on camera. Like, like you can literally tell it took us off guard so much that she forgot she was on well, camera. Well, I guess she's a comedian as well, and she does some YouTube video okay. stuff. And Brandon from Words on 40 Acres was saying, like, she's normally not this sane or rational, so don't get used to it. But I don't give a fuck. She was good in this video. Her faces was, they was up to Beaumont level. They was priceless. Also, <laughs> Both who got the face. Yeah, also, like, the other black woman host, her face, too, was like, nigga, what? Yeah, it wasn't as screwed up, but it was... Yeah, that's some moments, though. Woman loves to hear is that how pretty she is. Now, this particular video speaks for itself. <laughs> These guys obviously don't have a lot of class, but I'm also very suspicious because this was put together by an ad agency to go viral. So how do we know right. some of those guys weren't planted? Right, okay, so yeah, so now let's get to the authenticity. Also, don't we have to have the, uh, we have to have the conspiracy level? How do you know that it just wasn't done for clicks or it's always gotta be something, right? And just because I walk out my house, I'm walking at my house looking for you to fucking praise me. Even if it was planted, if thousands and thousands of women tell you this is their experience, okay. Right. Regardless if you experienced or not, even as a woman, it does not mean it does not exist. Right. Because oh, it doesn't matter. What? It doesn't matter because even if they were planted, this is actually very accurate. For New I York agree. City specifically. I lived in New York this City is 15 incredibly years. Accurate. And I will. But, and so what? Saying that, but what's funny is that you're saying that you know how men think. But I did, yeah. your comment how was actually in about. Wait, but actually your comment was about saying how women think. That women want Am I wrong? to hear stop compliments from men all day. Stop me, stop you me when are I'm wrong. wrong. So is well, it, you are wrong. I stopped you before you started. Okay. So, is okay. This, so is, does this elicit, I guess, the conversation of, you know, how accurate is this depiction of real life? Or is it an issue of, you know, how authentic is this view based on the fact that it was made by a company who wanted to elicit a response, it, it, who wanted to go viral? Did they push the envelope? Um, was it done in the correct it, manner? It, it's just a, it's just another it's just another example of a lot of f feminists that have an a la carte attitude towards it meaning uh here we go again with when you say when people say feminists like that you you already know it's gonna be some shit too because you put the quotes up like feminists envelope um was it done in the correct <laughs> manner it, her face it, is so it's good just another, it's just another <laughs> example of a lot of f feminists that have an a la carte attitude towards it meaning you can do this i want you know this sort of thing but they take it too far it's kind of like this thing bordered on the boy who cried wolf like where's it going to go next so you're telling me then if i compliment you on the street it's some sort of abuse no matter how i choose to do it <clears throat> that means if you no, don't compliment me no hold on hold on if you don't first of all that's not what they're saying right right can we establish that that's not what they're saying okay all right let's keep going 
means if you no, don't compliment me. No, hold on, hold on. If you don't compliment me when I walk by, that's abuse. You didn't bolster my self-esteem. I want to find you. I want to start a coalition against women who don't compliment men. So, so I think I'm hearing from you, Steve. People, I mean, women should be okay. Like, this is the stupidity. This is, and by the way, this is what everyone sounds like defending the street harassment shit. Yeah, this did, yeah. You all sound this stupid. Did he, did he get that? He, all he read, he read Twitter quotes, right? Right. It's just really like, it gotta be two sides. Scott, like the dude this morning, gotta be two sides. What about the emotional abuse mm. the women put us through? How many men are scared of their wives? Like, what Walking, are you talking kicking about? Kicking in the door and punching him in the fucking face? Right. Okay, dog. Yeah, shut up. Okay with this because it is a compliment. These guys are saying, you know what, I like the way you look. You've, you've done everything right as you've stepped out the house and just leave it at that. And Amanda, you're saying, or tell me what you're saying. Are you saying, you know, this is, this what is I'm just saying harassment. Is that it's you are wrong. What I'm saying is that he's wrong and that the reality is, is that a lot of women, when we leave the house, we are not looking for compliments. Right. We are not strolling the streets waiting like, is anyone going to notice these pants today? Like, that's not actually how we are approaching our day. Well, you, we are actually just going yeah. where we're going. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, the other thing is, is that I think a lot of people who don't live in New York also don't understand this. When you live in New York City, you don't often get the luxury of being in a car. And being right. in a car gets to isolate you from, like, being in the world and basically, so like, point? just at the what's behest of whoever's talking to you. all the time. What's you your are point? always no one's in... Right, I get it. I live there. No one's holding a gun to your head telling you you have to live in New York City, first of all. What? What? Yeah, like, it's really, like, like, honestly, I... I mean, this is one of the reasons I hate the news. This is on a news channel, CNN. CNN shouldn't even be covering it this way. Right, when you have 24 let's hours. A, let's bring a jackass on to cover this with a reasonable person. And, and they knew watch it. the jackass drive a reasonable person insane because it's good TV. But it doesn't actually accomplish anything. Nothing at all. You know, I'd much rather them, like, you know, discuss the news of it and leave it at that. If Rather than, although right. Amanda Seals uh, faces up prices and everything. I would still much rather them actually discuss news related to this than bring these people on just so he can say crazy shit and she can go, I can't believe he's saying this crazy shit. Cool. Move out of the city? So what, you want a city full of fucking dudes? Is that what New York's supposed to come become? You know what? You know, it's like saying, well, there was some racism, some racism happened, so all the black people, why don't you just move? No one's making you stay there. Just move away. From the racism, which basically ends up meaning the races are right and they get uh, to claim any place that they go. Because, hey, it's not comfortable for another citizen in the United States, so fuck that citizen. Get out. Mm -hmm. Right. I get it. I live there. No one's holding a gun to your head telling you you have to live in New York City. First of all, you know, what's you funny is that you as a man, what your problem is, is that you really should just be you know embracing and welcoming he goes, you know what my problem is? It starts laughing, but he's been telling her what her problem is for five minutes straight. Right. Mansplaining like a motherfucker, right? To the, to the fact that women are saying, hey, we don't like this. Not arguing well, why we shouldn't. If listen. we say we don't like it and we are demonstrating that, then you should actually, as a man who has a man, who is a man of honor and wrote a book about this, should be saying, well, let's discuss how we can make you all feel more comfortable. No, and how that's I, not as a man happen. who says that I have the, class, the need to help and video. talk to my, my brothers about Look. this. The video speaks for itself. The type of guys that made those comments speak for itself. 
That's part of maybe their culture, part of how they were brought up. Maybe they thought this girl was But you know what's interesting, too? I guess the it. type of guy thing, there's been some criticism that, you know, this, this has <coughs> been crafted. This video was crafted in a way that omits. By the way, I feel like he was dog whistling at race on that one. Right. Like he didn't want to come out and say it. Right. You're basically them niggers. Right. Mm -hmm. a, a pretty good bit of the populace of New York City that most of the men in this video are black or Latino. And but then it sends look. another message where are all the white look. guys. And, and apparently, but, but you know, Hollaback has actually responded to that. They did have a statement saying, you know, Hollaback that we regret the unintended racial bias in the editing of the video and that overrepresents yeah, men of unintended. color. Although we appreciate um, the support, we are committed to showing the complete picture. But Hollaback does, it, is a does joke. it show the complete picture or did this unnecessarily invite conversations? Usually, usually in New York City, listen, I was there in the 80s. I remember how it was. It was a lot tougher than it is right now. But you have to understand something. Political correctness has gone too far. If you don't like it as a woman, turn around and tell them to shut up. Stand up for yourself. Act like a strong woman. Because that doesn't get you killed, right? Because a woman got killed right. for doing that the other day in Detroit, actually. So you, sir, do not know what you're talking about. They carry about. a gun. And you really exactly. And, and I, like, honestly, yesterday... A girl who was 14 was killed. She got catcalled on the street, didn't respond. The dude got mad, run over her with his car. <gasps> yeah, 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 in Florida. Um, it's real. It's a very real fear. And here's the thing. People are going to go, well, that doesn't happen every time. Yeah, a cop doesn't kill a black man every time he pulls him over, but you get scared every time. Right. And that, you don't that's, know when. It's enough. And that's enough for me as a man and hopefully police to go maybe we should watch how we approach these situations sometimes mm -hmm. we need to oh be respectful to the fact that a woman got killed for that the other day oh well how many that women happened. get killed for it versus how many women stand up for themselves i stand up for my <laughs> like like i said it's the well hey we're not killing them all so I mean, <laughs> why are you worried about you, you it? You two are ladies, you still alive? It's just like a one out of every hundred times you can get killed. Now how many times you get cat called? Well, a hundred times every ten hours. Oh. Oh damn. So all the time. <laughs> all but the reality right. so is that the conversation should really be about saying, Hey, let's find a better way to communicate with each other yeah. in public. And not about whether or not the... this is okay. Do Women don't guys, like it. I'm do one you of think those guys. Hold on. Do you think the guys that are going to benefit from your comments from this conversation are actually watching this show right now? How do you plan on getting these guys? Holler back. They could care less about holler back. You know what it starts with? Parenting. Parenting. Huh. Way too many people are having children and not okay. raising the property. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're going into a whole lot of different directions. I guess we should have booked 30 <laughs> minutes for this segment because, my goodness. All right. Her face. Amanda her, her roll eyes at uh, eight, exactly eight minutes. Perfect. Mm. Right, because she was looking like nigga. Look at her face. Serious. A lot of different directions. I guess we should have booked 30 <laughs> minutes for this segment because, my goodness. All right. <laughs> Amanda Seals. Oh, eight, eight minutes and six seconds. Them roll eyes is perfect. Right. And he, he was like, at this one is point, some bullshit. At one point, he said they should have guns mm -hmm. for street harassment. It's New York City. You can't just have walk around with fucking guns. It's against the law. It's, it's actually not how it works, guys. You can't just walk around and go, I I have a gun now. I'm killing some, people for saying hey yeah, to me on the street. The toughest gun laws in the nation, dog. Yeah. You can't even have like a taser in New York without like just Just idiotic. Such a fucking idiot, man. But that 
i saw that and i was like i this i hopefully people can hear this kind of shit and go oh so this is how stupid i sound right your twitter and your facebook post this is somebody verbally saying it out loud and it sounds dumb it's like when you read it the same thing dumb right and you got the nerve to say that to two women like just what a fucking idiot man right um all right let's play our games We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time to play the game that you all know and love and hate to know it. It's the fucking with black people. The game where we score articles from zero to one hundred, intervals of twenty-five, for how much we feel fucked with as black people. Today's contestants: a lot of people. All right, let's get into it. Karen, give me a number one through about f- 17, maybe. Uh, let's do 13. 13, 9, 12. Um, oh, wait, I think we did. We already do Annie Lennox and the Strange Fruit one. Um, no, uh, what you mean, Strange Fruit? Annie Lennox is a white lady, she's a feminist. Um, she sang uh the song strange fruit uh yeah okay yeah, all right yeah, all right so yeah. forget this one all right let me, let me go back hold on let me see so uh thir- 13 is oh uh crystal wright talks bad about stacy dash a little black on black republican crime if you will <laughs> <laughs> that's right Crystal Wright is, of course, known as conservative black chick on Twitter. Oh. GOP black chick. Oh, Mi- so that's a real name. Yeah. Many okay. people have tried to get us to have her on the show for some stupid ass reason, mm-hmm. as if they don't know us or the show. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, she basically knocked, uh, knocked it, Stacey, took a knock at Stacey Dash. Fox News contributor and Republican as of 2012. Mm, this already the sass is on 10. You can tell what that means. You Johnny come lately motherfucker. I've been shilling for the white man for decades. Right. And, and you want to come in here and be know. a Republican for two years and take my spot on TV? No, light skin on light skin violence. What's happening? Black actress Stacey Dash proves she really wasn't acting in the movie Clueless. Apparently on Fox News' Hannity show. Yeah. Dash called all black people in the Louisiana government freeloaders who don't work. Sean Hannity asked Dash has voted for Obama 95% of the time and Obamacare has helped, has that helped the minority community in Louisiana? No, not at all. It still keeps them stuck. They're getting money for free. They feel worthless. They're uneducated. I mean, as long as you are that way, they can keep you under their control. They have a plantation mentality, Dash said. As long as they give you this much, this much money, you'll stay right there. You don't need to know too much because if you do, you might start thinking for yourself. What? Cause she be more of a shill. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she ain't, you know, she ain't studied the playbook. She ain't looked up no stats. She mm-hmm. don't know anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm a black person saying the dumbass racist shit that you white people normally say that don't know anything about black people. And therefore it's okay because, hey, came out of a black mouth. Like, did he, like, pat her head and feed her a peanut afterwards? 
<laughs> good job yeah, good job buddy give a doggy treat i think stacy dash needs to get out more perhaps visit louisiana and the rest of america see that all blacks myself included certainly don't feel worthless under president barack obama's administration now how she's gonna how crystal wright is gonna manage the rest of this article i have no idea me either because oh she'll find a way she will find i'm just a saying way. because she has routinely done the black people are fucked up and all you know and and they, and they don't know what they're talking about like, they need to stop her playbook yeah like to me this is jealousy that someone took your lines <laughs> right whether Democratic or Republican, scores of black people, Oprah Winfrey, Alan West, Condoleezza Rice, Ben Carson, Shelby Steele, Bill Cosby, Robin Roberts, and many, many others are highly educated, gainfully employed, paying their bills, and frankly doing quite well. Dash is one of them. <laughs> I like how she named all the black celebrities. Many black people may want Obama to provide more productive policies, but to suggest, as Dash does, that blacks are largely uneducated and getting money for free is a racist narrative that conservatives need to stop perpetuating. That kind of talk is an offensive non-starter in getting blacks to consider voting Republicans. So is the so is the often repeated meme by some black conservatives that blacks have a plantation mentality. Whether you're white or black, it's never cool to invoke metaphors of slavery which was a gruesome, painful institution protected by Democrats in America and went on way too long. Conservatives should remind Americans of the history of slavery and how the Democratic Party perpetuates policies of paternalism that don't benefit blacks. The Hannity segment was about the Louisiana Senate race between Democratic incumbent Senator Mary Landrieu Landrieu, uh, and the Republican Bill Cassidy and Bob Manis. Dash and other guests discuss how blacks in Louisiana have voted for Landrew since elected her in 1997, but have not benefited from it. Black Republican Deroy Murdoch gave a much more reasoned commentary on why black people need to reconsider their blind allegiance to Democrats. Referring to an ad placed by black Republican Louisiana State Senator Elbert Gullery and focusing on Landrew's record with blacks. I think State Senator Gullery has done a tremendous job of service by asking that this add a very basic question. What have Democrats done for us lately? Black folks show up and vote 95% for Obama, 95% for Landrew. And what do you get? 18 years of poverty under Mary Landrew in Louisiana. Murdoch, <laughs> Murdoch said that under Obama's presidency, black poverty and dependence on food stamps has increased and home ownership has declined. Fact-based comments such as Murdoch's raise eyebrows and invite black voting to Democratic Party to consider voting for Republicans. Dash's comments are insulting and give blacks another reason to tune out the GOP and not take our party seriously. Um, yeah, so. this is jealousy because this is some of the same bullshit that you spew up and down the timeline all the time. Mm-hmm. Zero to a hundred, Karen. I, I'm not fucked with it. Oh, you're not fucking with it at all. Okay, so zero for Karen. No, because she had, uh, Stacy, Stacy Dash has shown she's an idiot. GOP black chick trolls people. That, that's just what she does. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, y'all just two black folks just fighting that don't matter because, uh, a lot of the people that consider me a nigga consider y'all niggas too. So you don't really matter to those people and a lot of those people are going to get angry when they read this because they're going to turn around and say why are you pandering to the blacks mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give it like a 25 because of how her defense i don't maybe even more like 55 50 or 75 because her defense is basically like 
no black people are fucked up but you went too far you know you can't be saying the that, plantation you can't, be saying that. you can't i mean you can imply that slavery is right she'd be like girl you don't know how to use cold words right <laughs> that's basically what she was ah, saying that is it right 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 she's basically you got to learn the lingo stupid right. she was she was like shit they didn't show her the playbook you can't come out and say it you have to work around it so that if anybody tries to call you out on it you can honest you can you can truly say that's not what you said yeah because i mean it's you know, she definitely trades on race constantly. And right, but she, she knows. She said the, some offensive things about black people. She knows the cold She's words. called, like, she's talking about non-starters with black people. You're a person that goes online and calls Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown thugs and shit like that. It talks bad about their family. Mm-hmm. You know, um. Yeah, so y- y'all come from, y'all are cut from the same cloth as far as that's concerned, but you're like, you smarten up, chick. That's basically what she's saying. You can't, you can't say the niggas are niggas. You can, you got to, you got to use other words. You got to say thug. Yeah. You know, you got to use, you got to say, um, ethnic. Yep. Um, so it's just, and, and then it's also, it's just, they never have a plan for what they're going to do for black people. It's just Obama's not doing enough for black people. So what is the GOP going to do specifically for black people? Well, we don't see race. Well, then fuck you. Right. You're not going to help us out either. <laughs> you just, you just don't want us to vote on Obama. Right, right, because because uh, at the end of the day, uh, maybe just me, a lot of it is very uh, idiotic because you go, well, I'm a woman, it's, but even women vote. I'm a woman voter. What are you gonna do for me? Well, we're going to take away your right to abortion. We're going to tell you when you know that you can and can't have kids. You know, we're gonna do all this. Why would I vote for you? But come on over here and vote for us. No, you you strip me of all my rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm just going to say, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 50. I still feel fucked with a little bit. No. Sorry. They both trolling. Yeah, they both trolling. Um, and let's see, let's look at, um, let's do this one. Uh, uh, Ben Stein talking about, uh, President Obama. All right, back to the midterms. What's really motivating voters to turn out this week? While issues like Ebola, terrorism. Why did that pause? I didn't tell it to do that. Wait. Immigration. Well, they're all dominating media coverage. Our own Fox News polls and Leland just showed you this, showed that voters say the economy is still the most important issue facing the country. Joining me now to talk about the state of the economy, midterms, how it all runs together, author of How to Really Ruin Your Financial Life and Portfolio. Although we suspect he knows nothing about that, economist Ben Stein, always good to see you. Always good to see you, beautiful Shannon. Well, listen, handsome Ben Stein, you saw our poll there. Um, economy, top of the list still for most people because it's their daily lives. I mean, putting food on the table and gas in the car. How does it work for or against Democrats this time around? Well, with all due respect, I disagree with your poll. I think, I think that's what people are saying mm-hmm. is their most important issue. I think what the White House is doing is trying to racialize all politics, and they're especially trying to tell the African-American voter that the GOP is against letting them have a chance at a... Why can't you just die, old man? Ah, uh, Just uh. die! You've been boring me my whole life now. You racist. You, you want to rub up on pregnant ladies? You, you're a weirdo. Oh, Lord. And now you look crazy. Look at him. What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Having to his spine. Why is his neck doing that? Doing something. Ah. Oh. 
Obama, this is the only th- way you failed me. I didn't get my death panels. And how would put his ass not. number one. Yeah. I disagree with your poll. I think I think that's what people are saying mm-hmm. is their most important issue. I think what the White House is doing is trying to racialize all politics, and they're especially trying to tell the African-American voter that the GOP is against letting them have a chance at a good life in this economy, and that's just a complete lie. I, I watch with fascination, with incredible fascination, all the stories about how the Democratic politicians... Just We're trying to racialize it. This is the same guy that said uh, Mike Brown... Uh, must have gotten on some type of weed rage that caused him to fight the cops. Did he not know weed chews you out, slows you down? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially Hillary are trying to whip up the African-American vote and say, uh, oh, the Republicans have policies against black people in terms of the economy. But there are no such policies. The Republicans want a vigorous pol- uh, econ- economy, the same as everyone else. Uh, there, there's, that whole idea that the economy is being used in some way to oppress minorities is just an outrageous lie. Well, and we've seen with uh, Senator Mary Landrieu in a tough battle trying to hold on to receipt down in Louisiana. Comments this week talking about how it's not been a good environment for African Americans or no, for women in the South. So, I mean, that lie. talking point is out there. It's a complete lie. I mean, the Republicans are every bit in favor of, uh, as much in favor of African Americans having a good life. I'd say more in favor than the Democrats. The idea that the Republicans are in some way making life difficult for black people is just nonsense. Well, it's just you- absolute nonsense. I mean, they might as well say the Republicans are coming down from the moon. I mean, it's just nonsense. Well, but what do you say to their claims that Republicans cut budgets, they cut programs that help minorities, that help poor right. folks, that um, they are to blame because they make things tougher on those who don't have advantages because and are the, disadvantaged? The cuts have been absolutely minuscule, absolutely tiny, unbelievably small, <coughs> and much more important has been the fact that the Republicans, by, by, by virtue of supporting the policies that stopped the crash in, in 2008, 2009 from being a Great Depression stopped a real economic catastrophe. I mean, the Republicans are the ones who saved this economy, not the ones who ruined this economy. And as, as I say, whatever little tiny cuts they might have made here or there in uh, welfare programs, and they were tiny, absolutely tiny. Look, what, by the way, let me back up a second, Shannon. What are they talking about? More people are on food stamps than ever. That's More true. people are getting welfare than ever. What cuts are they talking about? More people are getting government subsidized health care than ever. What cuts are they talking about? It's all a way to racialize voting in this country. This president is the most racist president there has ever been in America. He is purposely trying to use race to divide Americans. What? It's fucking too insane. He's insane. We had presidents that presided over slavery. Richard Nixon. The Reagan era. President Barack Obama is the most racist president in American history. Because he's black. Bruh. Anyone who investigates it even a little bit knows it's hogwash. Well, you know that the White House presses back vehemently against those kinds of arguments or those suggestions that the president or that Eric Holder overseeing the, um, you know, the Justice Department, that they're using race as, as a way to motivate or to divide. Um, but you seem like you're, you're pretty adamant about that. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Eric Holder, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. He sat next to me on an airplane flight once and he couldn't have been more friendly. But, uh, 
he is the guy who every time there's any kind of issue in the law, he says it's racism by the white police. The white police are beating up on the poor black people. Look, that's just nonsense. And anyway, even if it were true, we don't know that the police are Republicans. The idea that in some way any kind of... Eric Holder has never said the white police in his fucking life. Ever. There's never, ever... You know why I know that, to be sure, without even having to fact check it? Because the world would go insane if a black man got on TV and literally said the white police are the problem. Uh-huh. He would go insane. The world would implode. It would just, like, a black hole would just start at the center of Eric Holder's chest and suck the entire world ah! into it. Yes, it and was. everything would exist, would just cease to exist. The fuck is, God, I, I thought he was smart. He had a game called Win Ben Stein's Money. Sure, it was anti-Semitic, but it was his game and he was hard to beat. He knew all the answers. Now look at this shit. Look, that's just nonsense. And anyway, even if it were true, we don't know that the police are Republicans. The idea that in some way any kind of incident that happens which victimizes a black person is a Republican plot is just nonsense. I mean, they might as well say it's a plot by people from outer space. But it has, just doesn't hold any has water. Has the GOP, though, done a bad job of changing that perception? If that's how those in the African-American community feel, that's their perception. They feel targeted. Well, they're, al- they're allowed to feel however they want to feel, but it's basically just an excuse for uh, saying, look, I'm going to vote for President Obama because he's, he's my own race. I mean, that, that's what it basically comes down to. Obama has basically said, and they're, they're handing out pamphlets about this. It's been described a lot in the Wall Street Journal. They're handing out pamphlets saying, look, the Republicans are, are targeting President Obama because he's black. You're black. You've got to go out and support him. That's just nonsense. The Republicans are the most pro-black party there's ever, there's ever been. They're, they're Okay, now he's, someone get him his medicine. Now he's out of his mind. One, Republicans are the most pro-black party. Okay. Two, all black people just voting for Obama because he's black. One, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a problem with that for one. If that's the only reason you want to get your ass up and vote on Tuesdays, that's fine with me too. Because white people been voting for white people because they white for a long ass time. Holler at Strom Thurmond. Holler at Jesse Helms. Right, like, like, like <laughs> people act like only black people vote for black candidates. Right. And then secondly, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe thirdly, I don't, I lost my count, but wherever I'm at, um, a lot of black people know exactly what issues they vote about. Exactly. You just haven't sat down and talked to any because you won't accept any reason other than black, you should all vote Republican no matter who you are. Right, regardless of if if the policies that we put in place benefits you or not because here in North Carolina they have lost their goddamn minds they cut early voting by a week mm-hmm. they uh you can't vote straight tickets no more you know how before you could just straight democrats or republic you can't do that anymore they uh had actually had was trying to chop the hours of early voting, but that got shot down. They was actually making it so you would have to use your ID, but that got shot down. And it's just one of those things where people are going, hey, you're uh affecting the African-American vote. And they go, fuck it. We don't give a damn because as far as we're concerned, uh, if we can't win, if we put like this, if we can't win just by our... Our policies will actually make it where less and less people can vote. In fact, it it actually somewhat we will see after tomorrow, but it actually somewhat 
backfired because they said they had 40% increase uh, this year of people that actually voted because people was like, fuck you. Right. Asshole. The Republicans right. are the ones who passed all the civil rights laws mm. back in the 60s, not the Democrats. Yeah, back before they all switched fucking parties. And you started the Dixie crack. How many times we gotta go through this? How many times we gotta go through this, dog? How many times we gotta go through this? The parties have switched. They have switched fucking allegiances over race. Race mm-hmm. was the thing that switched the fucking parties. Right. But you would expect black people not to notice. Like we're all supposed to be like, what? Say word. Like, you, let me tell you something. We're not voting for what the Republican Party was in 1925. We're voting against what the Republican Party is in 2014. Right. That's what I'm going to go vote against tomorrow. Right, 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 right. You know and what the, I mean? And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the thing about it is like when you say things like that, you you really make it sound like black people are stupid. Right. The black people that don't vote for us are dumb. They're stupid. They really don't know what they want. They are just sheep, you know, that come. What, all jokes aside, what, what about the white people that, that blindly vote too? Y- right. Y'all, you treat them Well, no, the no, Karen. White people never blindly vote. Bullshit. They never blindly vote, according to Republicans and shit. They don't understand the inherent racism of saying black people vote because the president is black. Meanwhile, we have always voted Democrat at a 90% clip, right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand the inherent racism of saying that. And because it assumes, well, obviously white people stop, they consider their options, and then they vote for the person that most benefits them and the policies they agree with every fucking time. But if mm-hmm. they're a black person, they're just voting because he's black. That's it. Yeah, and, and, and what about black people that didn't vote for a Obama just that doesn't matter, Karen. Fuck them. Those people are on our on the Republican side and they all are great thinkers. Okay. Anybody else is just voting because President Obama is black. That's it. That's that's the inferiority of the black mind. In the sixties, not the Democrats. That gets lost in the conversation a lot. All right, Ben Sign. We didn't mean to get you worked up, but it's always well, good I'm to see you. Well, I'm sorry to get worked up. <laughs> it's good to have you here. It's an honor to be here. And uh, uh, I hope they get them worked up even more and he gets a fucking heart attack. All right, let's play our next game. Oh, 100, 100, 100. Yeah, 100 for me, too. Yeah, 100. God damn. Now that is time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. Now that is time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show where all the articles in the internet get put through the ringer, and we read them, and we ask you guys to guess the race of the people involved in the articles. Uh, the chat room will be the only contestants today, and they are quite racist. Mm-hmm. So let's get to guessing. All right, guys. Um, all right, let's see. Let's do this one. Grammy nominated. Oh, wait, is this dude too famous? Yeah, it might be too famous. Maybe we can't do this, guy. I don't know who the hell he is. You don't know who he is? All right, well, let's do it. Grammy nominated gospel artist James Fortune was recently arrested and charged with aggravated assault after allegedly striking his wife with a bar stool. Goddamn. Ha <laughs> ha! I bet that's what he said when he hit her. <laughs> he is a gospel artist. That's blasphemy. <laughs> Fortune's wife, Cheryl, 
is said to have suffered a possible fractured leg and pelvis in the attack they're gonna be on the fucking uh sequel to that hbo documentary at this rate right i mean that sounds like some shit that's been going on for a while you hit somebody that hard and break their leg and their pelvis with a bar stool sadly this isn't the first time fortune has been in trouble with the law because of his temper he was previously sentenced to six years of deferred education or adjudication for using scalding hot water to punish his four-year-old stepson it's not even your son Attorney Tony Jones, who represents <laughs> Tony Jones, T-O-N-I, by the way, Roger Davenport, the biological father of Jane's stepson, is concerned that Fortune's violent tendencies could lead to further tragedy if the counseling is, if counseling is sought. The most serious thing that could happen, and we've seen this happen before, is Mrs. Fortune or those children could end up dead, said Jones. Fortune and his wife have three additional children together. After being released on $20,000 bond, Fortune released the following statement. I'm truly sorry for the negative attention this situation has brought my wife, family, friends, and business partners. Because it is a pending legal matter, I cannot comment on what has been reported. However, I understand the seriousness of this matter and ask that you respect the privacy of my family as we address this together. I would also like to thank my fans for their continued outpouring of love and support. Fortune faces up to 15 years in prison if convicted. Guess the race of Mr. James Fortune. Do you really understand, sir? Do you? Do I understand what? No, he oh. said, yeah, I'm asking, do he really understand? He was mad at her for buying him a suit with less than 11 buttons. Oh. Says Black Rob. Jesus be a fence around his white black. <laughs> his, <laughs> his arms too short to box with God, but luckily that brother had a bar stool. Oh. Murray's hair grease enthusiast black. Well, 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 racist people. <laughs> the correct answer is black. folks a bar stools a bar stool man like what is wrong with you what could have possibly happened right to where you need to do you went roadhouse on your wife man i mean i mean i mean did you catch a drinking or some shit and was like you know fuck it yeah would you walk in and she was doing the muslim prayer i mean what was what was going on man oh um all right let's do another guest the race see what we can find this one um here's one a picture of a 14 month old boy posted on facebook shows spotsylvania uh the spotsylvania toddler suspended in the air hanging by his twisted t-shirt the boy uh is hanging from a door frame crying obviously uncomfortable uh-oh so it sounds like another facebook parenting gonna ride look how i parent my kids now at 5 30 a local mom arrested tonight after this picture of her baby is posted on facebook good evening again i'm lorenzo hall and i'm cheryl miller that picture shocking a number of our viewers after it showed up online yeah it also immediately caught the attention of police cbs 6's shelby brown is live in the studio tonight to tell us the story behind it and the charges that mom now faces shelby lorenzo and cheryl investigators say the child's mother took the picture they say when she got into a disagreement with the child's father he posted it on facebook as retaliation right away people alerted police now investigators and child protective services in spotsylvania are involved we received a lot of lot of uh, comments on it uh, people were horrified horrified to see this 14 month old boy dangling in the air from a door frame by his twisted t-shirt 
a picture investigators say was taken between September 1st and 10th by this woman, his 18-year-old mom, Alexis Breeden. First Sergeant James Kanicki says it came to their attention when several people posted it on their Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. The baby's father and mother had an argument. Uh, in retaliation, the father posted the picture on Facebook to get the mother in trouble. Investigators say the boy's dad was not involved in the alleged abuse. People on Facebook blasted this mom and even posted the picture to our CBS 6 Facebook page asking us to find out more. We learned the sheriff's office issued a warrant for her arrest on a felony child abuse charge. Breeden is now in custody. We also pulled court documents that show Breeden recently pled guilty to an assault and battery charge on a family member in order to complete anger management and a mental health evaluation. As for this picture, which Breeden's own Facebook page refers to as her just playing around, not too many followers or investigators believe it's a laughing matter. It's heartbreaking. You, you don't ever want to see a child victim. It's a little bit harder to handle than it would be if it was an adult. We should mention we tried to contact Alexis Breeden at her home today in Spotsylvania and no one answered the door. Her little boy is now in the custody of another relative. Cheryl, over Thank to you. you. Thank you, Shelby. Wow. Sound like she was just hanging out with her kid. Um, all right, guys. <laughs> Guess the race of uh, what was his name? Alexis Breeden. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the name. Uh, let's see the chat room and see what they believe. Um, oh, it's taking a while. Yeah, sometimes it's a delay. Yeah, your camera's down, by the way, too. Um, but uh, we'll give them a second. All right. <clears throat> the daddy was still involved in the child's life, so white, says Black Rob. Defending Lena Dunham's baby treatment techniques, too, says HC. <laughs> uh, looks like uh, we're not getting a lot of guesses. Uh, well, it is late. Uh, white, says Joe Spacey. The correct answer is white. white. All right. No, no bonus round tonight, man. It is late and the guesses are coming in pretty slow. So, uh, let's just go straight to the, uh, sore ratchetness. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's my sore ratchetness sound effect? dead y'all he is dead ah! um a naples man was charged with using a halloween costume sword as a weapon oh mm-hmm. oh and the full story is only available to subscribers so fuck this this one next uh, <laughs> right no i will not pay uh let's see here's uh let's do, let's do this one uh oklahoma a sore slain shocks Oklahoma. Uh, is this the news article or just a clip of this? This is a photo a viewer sent us taken Wednesday afternoon in western Stillwater along Highway 51. It shows 21-year-old Isaiah Zoar Marin walking with what appears to be a sword. Police say that's when Marin called 911 himself to admit he killed an acquaintance, 19-year-old Jacob Andrew Crockett, at this apartment on South Oakdale. Police found Crockett's body here nearly beheaded. His head was almost entirely severed from his body. 
and uh, there are substantial wounds to the body um, consistent with the weapon we recovered. Stillwater Captain Randy Dickerson said there is no religious motive for the murder right now, but in the arrest affidavit, the victim's brother called Marin a heavy drug user and religious zealot. Marin's own brother himself told police the victim and suspect had disagreements because Jacob and his brother were, quote, practicing witchcraft, and Isaiah had strong Christian beliefs. Marin's Facebook page shows he wrote about having a Mortal Kombat dream. He watched the fictional show Heroes and said, gotta love the ninja sword guy. He also posted, quote, I love God. No one can stop me, no one, and wrote praise Jesus repeatedly. The other people that he expressed um, to us that he had had interest in um, murdering um, are, are fine and uh, were p other people that were known to him. By the way, the I Love God Facebook update was all caps. I mean, uh oh, guys, come on. Yeah, that's when you know you're crazy. Come on, guys. Come on. Take, take the cap lock off. That's why I said you can't laugh about this sword shit too much. Because these motherfuckers are on Twitter telling us every day they want to kill us with swords and shit. We, oh, isn't yes. that cute? Oh, they love swords. Yeah, until they're decapitating you in your parking lot of your apartment building when you just had a simple discussion about how you think uh, witchcraft is funny. And they go, well, I'm a Jesus freak, so now I got to kill you because that's what Jesus would want. I never read the New Testament. Wait a minute. Our Old Testament. All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for day walking, 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. Eastern Standard Time with my man Jay Trisname, um, hopefully. And uh, that's the only guess I think we have tomorrow. So uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, can't wait to chat it up with you guys. Until then, go to our sponsor, tweetaudio.com, and use code TBGWT to get 30% mm -hmm. off, get uh, free shipping, and lifetime guarantee. Until then, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah.